0: What's up, y'all? Kyle here. I wanted to jump on first thing and give you a bit of an update on a story that I told in our last podcast. So you might remember towards the end of the episode, I told a story about a friend of mine who I'm working with. He had bilateral total knee replacement. His right knee uh, regaining his quadriceps function has been a nightmare. And we've tried everything I could think of from, from BFR to neuromuscular stem to BFR combined with neuromuscular stem to just getting a sufficient volume at a light load to eccentrics to Interferential current to distract his head all the different things, you know that um, That I know to do the only thing we didn't do Was some cold application prior to trying to train his quad and we just time constraints kind of prevent that Um, But the the interferential current should sort of help tease that out and and to be fair Like, if I'm really critical of everything, nothing really seemed to do what we needed it to do, which essentially meant that we were unable to give him, give his quad a sufficient stimulus. So, three, four months ago now, we tried training his knee extensors in a hip extended position. So, if you think about the traditional like long arc quad machine, if you will, you're seated. So your hips at 90 degrees. So we got his hip extended. So you could do this either by lying supine on the table and letting your knee bend over the end of a table and then fixating a load to the ankle or the foot. What we do is we actually lie him prone on a weight bench and then we rig up the cable column to kind of place the load through his, his foot and ankle. And so we've just been training his knee extensions in that fashion. In, in the first day we tried it, he immediately was able to produce more force than I'd ever seen him produce in the traditional long arc quad type manner. So we've been loading him up, loading him up. We had the holidays, all that stuff that kind of goes into that. So that's been um, getting in the way of us consistently working together, his job chain. So we had a lot of different little things kind of popping up. And so yesterday we had a little bit more time when I was working with him, and you know my head's just kind of freed up a little bit, and I'm like, you know, we actually really need to kind of test and see where you're at in terms of strength because I can tell he's stronger, um, but I I'd, I'd kind of like to know like how he compares back to say three four months ago when we started doing this. So three to four months ago, he he probably had a one rep max of twenty pounds on a, on a knee extension machine. And this is a like a six five six six. 250 pound guy that's lean you know and full of muscle and his one rep max is a is 20 pounds that that dog don't hunt if you if you if you follow that reference so yesterday after you know training in this hip extended position for three four months tops he got a four rep max of 80 pounds And we both were just like, holy smokes, that's awesome, you know, like that's the that's the stuff that just kind of, you know, reinforces we're on the right path, we're doing the right thing, things can keep getting better, Um, and it was just really cool. And so it just happened yesterday. Today's February twentieth. We're headed to CSM uh, Wednesday, so come see us, come get a t-shirt. And it was just kind of fresh on my mind, and I thought, you know, maybe some of you might be interested in hearing that and if you weren't and you just skipped all of this then that's okay too I'm, I'm 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 fine either way we'll kick it over now to our little intro and then we've got our podcast with dr shane Skolton. this is the owens recovery science podcast all right
1: everyone it's been a minute welcome back to the Owners Recovery Science Podcast. This is the first of
0: 2023, right? I don't know. It is I think, first yeah. of 2023, and I think fifty-two. Fifty-two, baby! Cool. All right, all right, dude. Yeah. Guess who's 52? fifty-two?
2: Fifty-two. You
1: are guy. that yes, guy. Hey, oh my God, I'm even talking. What? my stomach. I get to say that because I don't have. I have all forehead. I'm getting a haircut and that's part of you know, the more you're losing your hair, the less you, you don't want a lot of hair on top. So I'm gonna have that later yeah. today. But yeah, I man, I mean, it's been a minute because we've been busy, dude. Can I just reflect on on my last week with you here? I,
0: I would I would actually really enjoy for you to so I I start myself. off that I'm
1: I'm part of the, the human performance advisory board for special forces. So we're out there at the, the Air Force Academy trying to look like a, a tough you know special forces 52 year old dad guy you know talking yeah get done with that and then fly home and then immediately have to fly out the next morning to my daughter's cheerleading competition in disney so i went from like trying to be cool tough guy to i had to put on my you know i i never dreamed i'd be a sexy cheer dad but here i'm killing it t-shirt and my mickey ears spent All weekend at Disney, back home, and then we had this. Yeah. We're not gonna get into it, but oh my god, this crazy stuff, crisis with our accounting or whatever that's going yeah. on right now, uh, and then freaking CSM next week. I
0: know. Gonna, uh, when I just got back, I, went, I I took a quick trip to uh to Texas to see the fam. I uh, I didn't get to see yeah, my no. brother at Christmas. Yeah, so just I, out like having fun. I shot out there to see him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm excited for busy. CSM.
1: We have a we have a couple of talks going on there. I do freaking CSM. Thanks again, jerk offs for having my talks on the last day so they can just live in the back <laughs> of Cole, my head the, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> the entire time. Everyone else is done, want to have fun. Uh, uh, but the good news is we have a we're staying on a boat, so that's gonna be cool. Mm-hmm. Instead of a, an Airbnb, we got a boat in the marina, so um we'll, we'll send out the link to which boat it is so everyone at csm can meet us down there yeah see what
0: it's like all right party on the party well, on the, a little the nervous Mars, about
1: the, it the ors houseboat yeah for sure then we got the nfl combine like a couple weeks after that yep and then the arthroscopy conference it's freaking conference season man it's nuts so there that one's in new orleans right new orleans So that'll be good my six minute long talk i'm gonna give oh my word Yeah. How many? Every talk is six six minutes. minutes. Uh, 32. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh. So we couldn't have a better guest and a better topic for our kickoff of 2023. Um, this is, this is gonna be cool. Cause you know, at the air force advisory thing, um, uh, this was one of the main topics that a lot of people were asking about was, yeah. uh, ischemic preconditioning, especially for potential with the, the high the elite level warfighters and how it might assist with any sort of performance things or recovery type things. And so this guy today is taking an IPC, I think to a new level, um, cause he's, he's breaking down a bazillion of the questions that we've had, such as. You know, what's the timing? You know, you've got these different yeah. windows with IPC. What about LOP? Forever, people would just choose one pressure, like 220. And, you know, I mean, for a guy like you with kind of adiposity, skinny legs, 220 is probably too much <laughs> pressure. But for massive, giant thighs, you know, I. but I, for real, my LOP is typically like 260, you know, 280. Yeah. Um, fat dad thighs, and so two twenty. Would it, if we're saying IPC needs hundred percent occlusion, that that's not something. And but then also, I think what's also really cool is like, what does it work best for? Like for a yeah, quick, exactly. you know, fast glycolytic 10 second bout, a, sh- a, a you know, a little bit of a shorter bout or, of of not you're really aerobic, a, a different different time frames, some stumbling. Yeah, well, so I'm like, just I'm not- say
0: performance, like lot, like you hear a lot. People extrapolate a lot of different things from that, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like so, covering. Yeah, 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 you know. exactly. It's just so broad. So well, let's let's shut up. Let's let the expert yeah, talk I about agree. it now. So,
1: it's a friend of ours, uh, Professor Shane Schulten. Shane, I, I've always just called you Shane, but Schulten. I'm saying I'm saying that last name right. You can say Scolton like school. Schulten. Schulten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Damn it! I knew I was wrong. Yeah. Schulten. So uh, he's program director of exercise and sports sciences at. Uh, Augustana University, he's up there in Sioux Falls, um, teaches quite a bit there, biomechanics, nutrition, exercise leadership, fitness administration, science and exercise, uh, this freaking guy, Kyle, did you see his last thing he does? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he also I teaches did. cultural and outdoor adventures in Costa Rica. <laughs> um <laughs> He he he! Country dropped us in his email. He's like, hey, uh, "I can do any, you know." But these days, I'm going to be in Costa Rica teaching did. my yeah. uh, culture and outdoor adventures classes. So we, we had uh, to delay the really, recording because Doctor Sculton was in Costa Rica. It, it's like Cahalen, you know. He's always in Brazil. Like, yeah. you're hey, talking to him. I'm working. It's like sounds like you're at the beach. He's like, "No, no, no it's not the no. beach." So, anyways, <laughs> Shane, uh, welcome. We're going to break down. He's got three studies coming out. One, one's already out, two more are about to come out on IPC for performance. So, Dr. Sculton,
2: welcome. Yeah, it's going great, guys. Uh, I appreciate you delaying your podcast for a month just for me so I could uh, get back from teaching students all the cool stuff we can do from the exercise science standpoint in Costa Rica. Is that what, what do you do down there? Yeah, so it's um, the cultural and outdoor adventures. Of Costa Rica, so uh, being actually science and loving the adventure part, uh, we'll go down there because it's warm, right, in January, and uh, it's not in South Dakota, so we can do <laughs> surfing, for example. And we look at the, some of the mechanics of surfing. I require the students to read some peer-reviewed research uh, so they know the uh, the pop up uh, to get on surfing and why that's important. And of course, we study the friction on the surfboard because if you've thought about it, you're like how do you get friction on a surfboard? It's it's wet and we put wax on it. And how does that cause friction? Uh, and we do uh, several other things too. Um, you know, when you get to the, the, the real part of Costa Rica, you just don't want to be downtown San Jose, but we want a bike ride for 30 miles on gravel uh, when there's the inclines and declines are seven to 17% grade. And we have a great time. Um, it for 30 miles and see who can complete it it's a good physical and mental challenge you
1: need to in say. your
2: class man
1: yeah so you got room for one more although yeah. I, I surfed one time and i learned that wax really rips your chest hair out it was terrible <laughs> yeah, so. yeah we got to get you a rash guard shirt rash guard i didn't have that yeah yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah so yeah give us a little your background man why you got into um exercise science sounds like you're a sporty guy
2: yeah um, you know, undergrad, uh, I was a sprinter hurdler, and that was a lot of fun, and um, went on to grad school, studied some biomechanics, uh, human movement, uh, down at the University of Nebraska-Omaha. Um, that was fantastic. Got interested in the research part there with Dr. Nick Sturgio. He, he was a really fantastic mentor uh, to get me to launch that that career. Uh, went on to do some uh, uh, clinical rehabilitation and cardiac rehab. Uh, um, after that, went into physical therapy, and I was a co-owner of a uh, physical therapy and fitness business. And then got into higher education because I realized I really like change. I like to be able to uh, progress through different things, different interests. Uh, so, for example, teaching—it's it's different classes, it's different students that uh, goes along, and I get to be creative, like uh, creating class for Costa Rica. Yeah, and the research part, too, uh, when you find something that's working, uh, then you, uh, there's a lot of things in the exercise science world that, that don't work well. You know, if you think about supplements and how many that are advertised to make you an all-star performer, but most probably don't work. Uh, so there's a lot of, a lot of things to uh, study and discover there. So uh, that's probably the very quick synopsis of my background and in getting into higher education.
1: Why'd you get into IPC?
2: Yeah, um, IPC. So this is kind of funny. Uh, maybe it's about twelve years ago. A uh, guy here in Sioux Falls came into our offices. Uh, there's a couple of us faculty, and he was just curious. He wasn't a student, and he just said, "Hey, um, how in the world, or how, how does this? Um, when I put this tourniquet on my arm, you know, it, it appears to enhance my my lifting." And we kind of looked at each other, like this guy's crazy. There's no way, you know, you're cutting off blood flow and you're trying to lift weights. That doesn't sound like it, it should help at all. Uh, so we kind of dismissed it at that point. And then uh, a few years later, I had uh, a good uh, occupational therapist friend of mine who had come to speak to my introduction to actually a science class. And and he couldn't that year. And so he recommended one of his coworkers, Brett Nowotny, to come in and speak. He's a physical therapist. And uh, he came in and he's talking about this Uh, blood flow restriction stuff, some of the research that he's done and uh, some of the IPC. And I thought, this is pretty interesting. He's got some good research here that that certainly shows some promise uh, to work in. At that time, my my research was kind of winding down on vitamin D and uh, performance, looking at, uh, so I'd recruit in South Dakota, we can easily find people who are deficient in vitamin D. And so I'd recruit them and then supplement them with vitamin D to get them to a high uh, blood levels of serum vitamin D and then retest them for physical performance. And what I learned is we're really good at test, retest, reliability, because their performance didn't change at all uh, with a lot more vitamin D. So, um, and I wouldn't tell the coaches that either, that their performance wasn't improving in eight weeks, but um, <laughs> we're really good test retesters. Uh, so, yeah, I was looking for something new and I thought, well, let's explore the research. Let's see what's out there regarding uh, blood flow restriction and ipc and and uh from my research doing the lit reviews i figured ipc is the way to go there's some some pretty neat stuff there
1: awesome yeah brett's great dude he's he's part of our group we let him do our courses because he's up there in north dakota and south dakota because none of us can handle your your winners so uh. <laughs> i know
0: and i know that uh, i learned real quick that dr Skolton is an excellent teacher because um he he taught me that Augustana University is uh, actually in South Dakota, not Florida. <laughs> our on our last podcast, we um, or maybe I uh, thought Augustana was in South Dakota.
1: Yeah, it sounds like St. Augustine, right?
0: Yeah, it does.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah, yeah good, right? our, I
2: don't know. A good athletic trainer's that had a question for you guys in that last podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it
0: was that was one of their people. Too funny.
1: So, um, let's get into your studies in, so, um, you know, Brett linked you up, you, you got interested in trying to see, okay, vitamin D didn't seem to move the performance needle. Let's, let's see if this thing called ischemic preconditioning moves the performance needle. Um, and, and now you're man, when, when these three papers come out, you're going to be kind of one of the leaders in, 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 understanding some of the nuances, but give your breakdown of what you think IPC. Well, first, you know, I think most people, listen to this podcast know what it is, but, um, how it how you apply it and what we think might be happening from a performance standpoint.
2: Sure, um, I'm, I've always stuck to the, uh, the leg tissue, thigh, upper thigh, you know, proximal part of the leg and uh, did the traditional uh, five minutes of occlusion uh, using the, you know, the Delphi units and then uh, five minutes of reperfusion. And we would have two units, one on the right leg, one on the left leg, uh, so we could alternate those, try to just uh, keep that moving along. Um, yeah, initially I was looking at, uh, but is there a potential for a neuro response in that? So I thought a good, uh, good place to look at that was, um, sprint and power athletes. Let's choose some, some, uh, uh, some measurements that are like a flying 10 where, you know, the, the athlete, the sprinter, uh, gets this run up this acceleration phase. And then we test their fastest 10 meters, you know, from a timing device, uh, did that uh, pro agility. Drill, we did the long jump and broad, or broad jump. I'm sorry. Uh, we did a reactive strength index. That's where you jump, hop off a box and how fast can you jump up to the next box. And we time uh, we time the amount of time that the foot is on the ground for that one. So we're, we thought that would be pretty good. And the vertical jump was on that too. But, uh, you know, is IPC going to help, uh, help with any type of neuro piece on that? Um we also it's, it's,
1: so these are very fast twitch, short duration, less than 10 seconds, kind of like just power fast go tests that you're looking at.
2: Yeah, yeah, most of them are right around a second or even less. Yeah,
1: okay.
2: Yeah. The other thing, the question that I had was was how much time from IPC to the performance would be necessary and we we chose um, IPC and then go right into the warm up and then perform. Versus IPC, wait for 20 minutes and then go into the performance to see if there was, you know, uh, see what was going on there for a uh, timing. You know, th- there's on a different note there, there's the timing where we're where in the, the protective windows where they talk about for more for heart disease related types of things. But uh, that 24 to 48 hour, uh, those windows that you guys have talked about before, too. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: so I wasn't really too concerned on that. Although it would be kind of cool to do a study to see, um, you know, when we can find things that work, um, can, we, can we do it in 24 hours or even 48 hours in advance and still find that positive benefit? That would be a pretty cool study to do as well. So, but yeah, ultimately here, that first one, we just want to test the theory that IPC, you know, would provoke an overshoot in the afferent neural drive uh, from those motor neurons, you know, is this, is this doing anything? So,
0: and, you, uh, and these types of tests would tease that out simply because if, if that were a thing, it'd be there immediately versus maybe like something in the blood might take a bit of time. Is that kind of, yeah. That, yeah. That's where, the where is? that thought process would be. Yeah. So almost like a, like a post activation potentiation type scenario.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe something similar to that. Okay. Yeah. I was also interested too, in looking at uh, muscle oxygen saturation, so we would use a MOXIE device and put that uh, post um, distal to the cuff uh, just to try to measure that during the IPC timeframe and just kind of look at that. And we didn't, uh, we didn't go into publishing all that data but I, that was just more of a curiosity which kind of leads to some future, future stuff that we're going to as well. Uh, but we kind of saw, um, again, this is not published uh, but we thought it, it appeared on general to be it took about four minutes for muscle oxygen saturation, you get to zero. Um, you know, that's measured by a, a NIRS device. Um, so there's certainly some limitations in there. It's not the entire muscle, it's getting to about maybe a centimeter or so deep into the tissue. Yeah. Um, certainly gives us a nice little picture of that effect of occlusion. But ultimately we were kind of disappointed. Uh, my students, I had some students <laughs> helping me out with that study because nothing happened and they worked so hard. Uh, we had 17 participants uh, recruited and there was uh, four conditions for each person, ton of work all summer long. So I thought, I got to give, we got to try to find something positive. So, you know, in the research there was a three minute cycling time trial, you know, indoor, like, well, they said this works. So let's see if we can make this work. And, and so we did that at the end and like, wow, that, there was a little improvement there. Um, that's what we're going to do next summer. Um, so that's going to be the next okay. one.
1: So you're saying for the first study, this worked as well as vitamin D. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. As Welcome as <laughs> well, to my world. <laughs> the world of exercise science <laughs> research.
1: Um, you this one, because I know you the sham protocol you used, and this one, did you use the low pressure sham or did you use the 100 percent occlusion sham? Because that was a pretty cool way to go at it.
2: Yeah, this one, uh, this one was the low pressure sham. Okay. Uh, so when we're, I forget if we use 20 or 50 millimeters of mercury for that low pressure. And, and, uh, you know, you interview your, your participants as they're doing that. And, and they kind of know that it's a sham because they're like, yeah. Hey, uh, this cliff, I, I moved a little bit, you know, I stood up or I sat down, just, I just needed to adjust and the, the cuff moved. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they kind of know what's going on. So is it a true sham or not? Uh, was kind of that question yeah
1: well you corrected that in a pretty cool way when we talk about these next studies um, i love that so so, okay it didn't work for these fast little things so if you're going to go do something that's a a couple seconds long according to your work this didn't seem to move that neuromuscular noodle noodle um (laughs) needle um didn't suppress the alpha motor neuron whatever we're looking at that, that increases this kind of motor recruitment you did see lop was higher than you know, the 220, I think in in this study as well for for some of your people. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I think that was maybe about 25% of the people, maybe a 30% um, actually required um, an LOP greater than 220 millimeters of mercury. And so I was was glad that, um, you know, we're we're, um, using that Delphi device to, you know, find out what that uh, total occlusion pressure uh, is required to be because otherwise, you know, we might've had some people that weren't fully occluded and then perhaps you you know it's not a true IPC protocol.. Yeah. And
1: yep, yep. We, we pretty much understand IPC should be 100 percent occlusion um, yeah. from the organs side as well as this side. Okay, well, let's get into some that actually worked now. Yes,
2: yeah, we're so- done with vitamin
1: D. We're done with short burst things. Let's come on, <laughs> we need some good news
2: here, Dr. Dr. I, Shane. Hear I hear you. Yeah, so we continue on to the three minute. Uh, and again, this is all informed by just you know perusing that uh, that lit review, uh, finding everything you can, and what's kind of working, what's not working, and uh, you make your tables, put that together just to guide your research. So we came down to like, oh, let's try three minutes because that definitely has been shown, and it's longer than the one second stuff. And it's, you know, if, if there's a, an effect that's related to aerobic metabolism, uh, then then we need to be a little bit longer than this in and a half two minutes in that area. Uh, for looking at energy systems and and then we chose uh, six minutes too just to double it. Um, really not as I say you need to utilize the research to inform your choices. I don't know that that was necessarily uh, informed by research. it was just twice as long just
0: <laughs> double it <laughs> This one goes to eleven uh... <laughs>
2: Uh, so, yeah. And so this
1: one, the first one you did was, this is sprinting, not the swimming, right? We're talking sprints now?
2: Yeah, we're talking uh, sprint cycling right now. Um, okay, so, sprint uh, cycling, cycling, yeah. For three bad. minutes yeah. and six minutes is what uh, we chose for durations. Indoor um, on a Wahoo Kicker device. Um, those are super cool to operate, operates with an app,
0: easy. Yeah. Super cool to say to you, Wahoo! I was going to say, I, I just <laughs> see that being the great, you know, on the exercise chart at the clinic, Wahoo Kicker. Yeah, it's sounds right like there.
1: a bar somewhere in Southern California. It does. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we chose, to, we did a randomized crossover study. Um, the other kind of neat thing I liked about doing the three minute and six minute is, uh, it gives us, you know, you take those people in and, and we, if there's going to be a benefit, um, do they benefit both on the three minute and six minute or, you know, just, just feel a little bit more confident when we can repeat some of those things. Because um, that'll occur the way we set up that first study too. That everybody was doing it in duplicate, uh, so if it just happens once as a scientist, I'm not always convinced. Uh, I want yeah. to see it again. Um,
1: and you you looked at the windows again on this one
2: zero twenty, not on not on this next one, okay. no, because we didn't see an effect on the windows. Well, I guess we shouldn't have because it was uh, neuromuscular, so we didn't look at the windows on this one. Um, our other unique thing we wanted to do was I wanted to tackle this sham. Uh, because um, shoot, I don't remember the author. They had suggested a um, a one-minute full occlusion for a sham. Yeah, cruise, I think. Yeah, and uh, so we thought, hey, let's let's try that because that that sounds fantastic. Um, uh, it's certainly given that discomfort for a minute uh, versus the five minutes. So they think, uh, you know, there's the participants then are told, hey, this works. But we want to we want to be able to see if uh, if, if we can shave some time off of this because when you're doing five minute occlusions reperfusions this has taken a long time thirty to forty five minutes or so mm-hmm. and when I think practically is an athlete how likely is an athlete actually going to use this I mean if it if it's some something that's going to take forty five minute process to do eh, they might not do it right totally so anyway. Uh, we found that um, uh, eight of 11 improved their time in the three-minute time trial. A 10 of 13 improved their time in the six-minute time trial. Uh, so I, I really like showing those numbers. It wasn't that just, you know, two of them were super responders and really raised that that average. Um, you know, the majority of our athletes were having some smaller improvements. Uh, again, the pressure. Uh, this one, 30% of our participants needed... Um, Lop greater than 220 millimeters of mercury. Uh, so uh, for the three minute time trial of four percent average power increase over that three minutes, the six minute time trial it dropped a little bit to uh, I think it was about two and a half percent increase in average power output. Um, but
1: but I think he had a badass quote. What was it, uh, Kyle? You put it in our notes there. That uh, what was it? Yeah, 05 percent
0: was- increase. A point Yeah, 0.5%. Point, um, for like a highly trained athletic competitor, um, a change of 0.5% can separate metal from non-metal positions.
2: Yeah, we, we took that one step further, and I'll, I'll just kind of jump ahead, but we'll come back. Um, yeah. you know, our next study was in swimming, and we saw just a 0.9% improvement, but we took that into our, our conference that has uh, uh, nine women's teams and if we would take the 200 fly, I'm sorry, the 200 free in mm-hmm. a sixth place improved by 0.9% that puts them on the podium wow. that year and second and uh, second place, not only would have won, but they would have set the conference record at just that 0.9% improvement. And wow. so that, you know, it's a pretty big deal. And it's that's, even worth, st- your,
1: that's yeah. worth your 30 minutes of laying there.
2: Uh, yeah. You'd think so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Uh, what do we think
1: from pathways on why it works maybe differently when you're using kind of oxygen versus the fast glycolytic? What do you, what do you think?
2: So we didn't, we didn't uh, do any of the, any like physiological measurements on that. We didn't do any blood draws or muscle biopsies. I'm not ready for that yet. Um, what, what do I think Yeah, if it's uh, aerobic metabolism in nature, uh, we need to get to a little bit that longer term, you know, maybe there's some glucose, um, uh, glucose uptake challenges are our, our differences, enhancements with IPC. Uh, that's certainly a, a probability based on a paper that was, uh, you guys recently talked about even. Uh, and um, there maybe we do see a hyperemic response after that, mm-hmm. so that maybe lasts for about, uh, I don't know, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever it was that we would see with the muscle oxygen saturation. That certainly spikes, but that, you know, that uh, directly, you know, isn't occurring Forty minutes later when they're doing their performance either uh, but perhaps there's a mechanism there that that could be explored
1: so in this one then the majority both three and six minutes we did see an improvement yep we did and then you rolled it into swimming basically the same thing um time frames are similar three to six minutes 200 meter versus what was it yeah, 500 meters Five or yards. Yards. Okay. Yeah, we have a yard tool. Yard. sweet you all use yards not meters
2: we well it's hell yeah oh yeah i
1: hate <laughs> the metric system that's good man
2: uh, you got real americans
1: up there that's right
2: in, in augustana all right <laughs> to make those pools an extra couple yards longer to be a meter pool
1: uh, okay so same same design same sham 100 and then three rounds five minutes 100 um, ipc yep. and repeat those two
2: yeah and the main reason for going from cycling to swimming is swimming is this is real life now it's it's in a pool it's functional it's it's their race Um, no we didn't do this before races we did it uh, um, in a research type of setting but that you know if you think about the practicality of the wahoo kicker three minutes and six minutes cyclists are not racing for three or six minutes Um, so I, i have a little bit of issue with my my methods but i wanted to i wanted to find a spot where this is working so like, hey, let's take this to swimming, you know, where there's a, a little bit more variability, it's more real world-like, uh, what, what's gonna happen? So um, so this was pretty neat. We saw a uh, statistical improvement of that 0.9% in time, uh, been, you know, faster times with the IPC on the 250 yard swim. But for the 500 yard swim, we lost the statistical significance and my thought for that is that there's just more variability. Yeah. Uh, it, certainly, that's a mm-hmm. that's that's a known that's a factor, right? There's there's more turns at the wall. There's um th- there's just more time uh, for different things to you know be be um be hidden. I mean, if you make a, a stumble in a marathon, you might not even notice it on your time. Even if you fell down, uh, you can certainly recover from that. It's you're not going to see it.
1: Yeah, it didn't hit significance, but you did trend overall there. I think it was like a second faster um, for the group at, right, that, right. at that 500 meter, So,
2: Yep. And again, what was really neat though for the swimmers, and we saw that with the cyclists too, and I think it was even more so for the 200-yard swimmers that, what was it? All but one or two uh, improved their time, but it was by a smaller amount. And so as a researcher, that's what gets me excited because it's occurring in almost every participant. And this is definitely a randomized crossover study. Everybody's blinded to that. And so it's super exciting. Uh, we're getting small changes, but it's pretty consistent across the board with these athletes. In other words, we're not having too many non-responders. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me really excited for that.
0: I mean, that's it's pretty similar to that, uh, the other swimming study that I can never remember the lead off. Out of Toronto? Time. Yeah. yeah. Where, they, where they then took the blood and kind of... In, into the into the animals mice. yeah yeah animal um very very similar in terms of just like the number of participants that improved and whatnot so they had two non-responders they actually yeah. got worse but the majority of,
1: they all got did there. so show some change yeah from a from your athlete's perspective then when they do this because like a swimmer is pretty dialed in they know what their times are typically what do they think are they excited like dude i need to use this thing now or
2: Well, I can tell you that um, the swimmers went with me to Costa Rica this last January. That's a big deal because January is their competitive season. So the women got back from Costa Rica and we did some swimming there. We were three to four days a week. They got back and they had two weeks before their conference meet and they won conference. So yeah, they're pretty excited about stuff. Um, uh, We're... Not using it exclusively. Um, I need you guys to develop an IPC unit on the bus ride. I'm thinking, you know, with these charter buses, they have air brakes on them, and I think we could uh, <laughs> plug into that. So while we're on our bus ride, we could be doing <laughs> some.
0: <laughs> Just drops there. down like the mask on the airplane. <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: Well, uh, let me call the Delphi engineers on this. Yeah. One. Uh, might weird. have an FDA thing, but we'll yeah. see. <laughs> So did you use it for their, during their conference? Or can you say that?
2: No, I, um, I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'll just okay. say that we, we didn't use it yet. So, okay. uh, but certainly from NCAA's NCAA uh, point of view, it's not illegal. Yeah. To use. yeah. So it, it's certainly okay to use and it's safe. We, we've certainly um, shown that with lots of different things. So, yeah. What do you, you know, we
1: always get this question. Um, everyone has different thoughts bilateral versus unilateral, especially using a big muscle group like a like a leg, you know, a lot of stuff in the cardiac world is just one limb. What, what do you think? Do you think we need both sides?
2: My thought is the more muscle, you know, again, this is reading research, more muscle that we can occlude, the better shot at uh, at a benefit that we would see or, you know, any whatever yeah. it is if it's a cellular signaling, whatever's going on. Um, so I like more muscle the better. So I really like those legs versus the arms on swimmers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, nobody complained about uh, discomfort so much uh, for the swimmers. Um, while they were swimming, they never felt fatigued, anything like that. So it was very well tolerated. Um, you reminded me what a little bit earlier when we're talking about you know potentially using it for swimmers. I will definitely say I've used it for track athletes. On I tried the application on that for indoor track uh, 800 meter runners. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, for the females they're running about two minutes fifteen seconds or so. Mm-hmm. But I, I, this is just um, anecdotal type stuff. I'm not putting in a research study yet, but it was a challenge to, it'd be a challenge to do it research-wise because, you know, if you can do it, you know, back-to-back meets, you know, Saturday to Saturday, that'd be pretty cool to do. But the problem is at 800, there's more than just, um, there's more variabilities there. There's competitors that are running into you that you know you're jacking for that that uh, key position in the lanes. Uh, you might get in a slow heat or a faster heat, and there's just other variables that that then you're like, well, I, I, I certainly can't say it was only one thing. Whatever it was, even if it was just uh, you know uh, extra mm-hmm. glucose intake or hydration intake before the race or whatever they did, there's there's so much variability there. So I, I was struggling a little bit with that. Um, I did have a mile runner though, uh, that did it. And he, he mentioned like, yeah, I had again, anecdotal, probably shouldn't even be saying it, but he's like at the end of the race, and it was one of his PRs that he'd said, and like, I had just this great amount of energy at the end. This, just was kind of surprising. It wasn't expected. So, you know, maybe there's something there, uh, but that's kind of where we need to go uh, to find this practical use of it. If we want to use it more often, uh, yeah. certainly in the lab, we see that it is a benefit. But that's so regimented. That's why we do the research in the lab. Or if we can do it in the field, uh, in the weight room, things like that, uh, then we can uh, really see a, a broader use for it that's, that's really important that people are going to get super excited about.
1: Yeah, and seeing that you know everything seemed to get some improvement, um, are, are you just going to start sticking to this kind of three-minute duration and six-minute duration type events?
2: It would, yeah. the the trouble going longer than the six minutes or so, depending on the activity, if there's a lot of variability there, I don't, the research part of it will be challenging uh, to find that that key difference, um, unless we can make it a little bit bigger. Um, But that's that's what we struggle with in, I'll say athletics or in performance. There's, again, just going back to that variability of other factors. But still, these athletes are using multiple things. Um, if we yeah, know there's yeah. some benefit at the at three or six minute, I mean, if a race has taken three minutes or longer, much longer, seems to me that would be a good reason to use it because there's a lot of other things they're doing that isn't improving their time by 1% that they're doing anyway. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I think this certainly has some good application in the performance world.
1: Yeah, I think really? like you pointed out in your first paragraph of the swing one, like the uh, the fancy little suits they wear. That's a one point eight percent improvement, you know. And if this is also one percent, that's a that's a nice little double dip.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: I'm curious on the on the rest period with IPC. Does it really need to be? Yeah, yeah. One to one, you know. I mean, we that's what we see. I feel like a lot of the the teams manipulating is the rest period. To just shrink the the duration down, you know, so that the athlete will will stay there longer and like complete the treatment, you know. And so, how how low, kind of how low could you go on that side of things would be would be interesting. So,
2: yeah, I think what we're always concerned about there is just the the medical part of it. Um, we just mm-hmm. want to make sure there's no blood clots, you know, any anything vascular and cardiovascular related. If we had that assurance that life is good. Let's, then we could, uh, I think we'd be excited to lower those rest amounts, rest periods.
1: But yeah. Clinically yeah. we're, we're doing a, a minute break, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of our, you know, it's in the Delphi machines. That was just kind of as a safety feature, but you know, I, I, most of us are okay. I think after a minute, just going back at it again and, and doing it for three or four different muscle groups once once they're kind of attenuated to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's your next goals?
2: Yeah, the next goals is I want to continue exploring the the practicality of it uh, in in performance. Um, I've got a lot of track athletes um, pretty close to there, so I've got you know division two performers here uh, that are readily accessible, and they're they're always eager to help out with some of this research. also thinking on that you know that five minute occlusion. Does it have to be five minutes? You know, we're talking mm-hmm. about the rest of time being less. And I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier, but if we do some contractions, maybe some little leg extensions during that occlusion, we could we could hit that zero muscle oxygen saturation a little sooner. And I don't know if that would be okay. Um, the exciting yeah. thing is I found a three-minute time trial that's statistically significant and it works. And I'm I'm pretty convinced that it, it does work, definitely, and, and, and is repeatable. It absolutely is. Uh, So now that I have a known thing that works now we can start playing with other, other variables and, uh, other things.
1: Totally. I love that. That's cool. That's cool, man. We don't get to
2: say that very much,
0: Mm -mm. (laughs) but people aren't real interested most times in making these little small changes, you know, seeing, because it's like, it's laborious. It takes a lot of time, you know, and, um, Mm -hmm. So kudos to y'all for kind of going down that road for sure.
2: Yeah, it takes a lot of time. This was three three years of work. We just we just discussed here. Gotcha. Uh,
0: when I
1: first started talking to you, I lived in a different house. That's how long ago it was. I remember talking to you. I was sitting in my living room in my old house. Uh, very cool, man. What about you know our, our buddy Steven Patterson? He he's been looking at this from a kind of recovery piece um again hate that word but you know do you have less muscle damage if you do this pre or post and, and do you get your mbc back faster have you thought about that at all
2: i have um our athletic trainers here are using it quite a bit for recovery uh and uh, especially on baseball players throwers yeah, yeah. Uh, some cuffs on the arms um and we need to just start collecting some research there and um you know the tough part you talk about taking more time and being a little bit more invasive with institutional review boards uh, when we start drawing, I don't know, a muscle biopsy or at least some blood samples, it uh, gets a little bit more challenging. Um, also requires a little higher level of skill too. Sure. Um, the cool thing with a baseball
1: player is, you know, measuring pitching velocities is, and even if you get biomechanics, that's kind of a cool thing that that's a sport that's pretty dialed into something like that.
2: <laughs> they have, you talk about dialed in, oh my goodness, that sport. Yeah. They, they've got so many wearables and measurables. That's, that's pretty tough. I know.
1: I know. Well, I'm just saying, man, if you start increasing fastball speeds, you know, you and I are, are looking at lots of trips to Costa Rica together, baby. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, this is, this is awesome stuff. I'm glad you're able to, to have a study, validate it. And, you know, we can at least say, and, you know, and, and what you've seen, this this seems like something that works now. We just got other little variables to start teasing out and seeing practicality it's always about practicality
2: yeah cool. more useful and more practicality again um mechanically that's another thing we need to conquer for team sports we yes more, more cuffs yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well
1: yeah well we, we hear that a lot yeah you, you need an you need an nfl budget man yeah right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Kyle, you got anything else for, for Shane? No, I'm good.
0: I, I, that was great. Um, I, And yeah. I just kind of look forward to seeing what, what Dr. Sculton and his crew keep doing up there.
1: Yeah. And also, we need to give kudos to your students. They, you know, It sounds like they did a, a ton of good work, but it looks like they're going to get some publications out of this.
2: Yeah, they're phenomenal. It's um, I, I feel like uh, you kind of hit the pinnacle of your academic career when you get to be the last author so many times. <laughs> That's a lot of fun.
1: There you there. go. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, if you see our our buddy Brett up there, tell him what's up. Tell him to get back to work. And uh, yeah, it's awesome talking with you.
2: Yeah. I've got him, um, asked him to speak at uh, an upcoming conference that we have with the Northland American culture sports medicine. So we definitely stay in touch.
1: Okay. Sweet. He's an awesome dude. He is. Cool. All right, Shane. Great talking to you, man. I can't wait to talk to you and and hopefully this time next year about all these new studies you have coming out.
2: Yeah. Hey, thanks guys a lot. Uh, Appreciate you taking the time and and, uh, helping me share about this good news of some benefits that we've got.
0: Thanks for listening to the Owens Recovery Science Podcast. Owens Recovery Science is a single source for PTs, OTs, ATCs, DCs, MDs, and other medical professionals seeking certification in personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. Find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com. One last thing before you get out of here, quick moment just to say thanks for listening to the podcast. I think we've probably said it two or three different times now, but we really mean it. Um, But we also want to make sure that you when you listen to this podcast that you understand it's it's not medical advice. We, we do our best to make sure the information that we give through this podcast is as accurate as it can be, but it should not be used to treat patients. Those decisions need to be made by a physician, by the appropriate rehab clinician, those people that are licensed to care for that individual in that particular state, nation, etc. And so, this, is, this also goes for any guests that we bring on the podcast. They're not providing medical advice. This information that you have received here as entertainment should not be taken in that way at all. And it should not also should neither be used as expert witness or testimony in any sort of legal proceedings. So um, thanks for listening to that and, and understanding that. And we will see you next time. Or, wait, we're not going to see we'll, we'll hear, not, we'll, you'll, you'll hear us. Yeah. Thanks. Okay.